In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all the kids and teens up through the 12th grade, please come forward. Good to see y'all. So glad y'all are here. Exciting. How's everybody? Yeah, good. So this is a weird sort of Sunday. It's wonder. It's a wonderful Sunday, but it's weird. You know why it's weird? Because last week Jesus was in his cradle, right? Right on the first Sunday after Christmas, <clears throat> and seven days later, he's like thirty years old, getting baptized. I know he's God, but wow, huh? What? So, so, and then yesterday was January the 6th, which is always uh, the end of the Christmas season. And so we celebrated, you know, the wise men, which we're really going to do tonight. It's weird. Last week, Jesus was a baby. This morning, he's a grown man getting baptized. Tonight, he's going to be a little baby again. And then next week, ah. Uh, what are we going to do? You know, we don't know a whole lot. Come here over here by me. We don't know a whole lot about what Jesus happened with Jesus from when he was born to when he was baptized. 30, that's about 30 years. What do you think, what do you think was going on in Jesus' mind? What was he doing? Did anybody have a guess? There's not a lot in the Bible about it. We know that, we know that he was taken to the temple for his dedication, right? We know that he, at 12 years old, he was in the temple. And in fact, his mom and dad, they went back in the caravan and three days later, they found him in the temple because they, they, they thought he was with everybody else. And that's all we know about his boyhood or his childhood and his teenage years and his early adulthood. But what, what, do, you th what do we think that Jesus was? What kind of business was he in? A carpenter? Yeah. Making shoes. Who? Making shoes, shining shoes, shoes. No, you know what? I think, I think he was a carpenter. I think we think he was a carpenter, and he helped his dad a lot. And there was a, actually there's a town nearby that was really up and coming, and so probably he and his carpets. Codfish. What did you say? Oh, carpets. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Y'all got that, right? That's part of the children's sermon. This was planned. All right, so great theological statement. So, so, so Jesus was probably a carpenter, and he grew up like a boy, like all of you grow up as boys and girls. And mom and dad loved him. And we don't know when dad died, but he probably died somewhat early. Um, and so Jesus just kind of lived life like you live life, getting up and eating breakfast and going to work or going to school or, or synagogue or, or whatever. He would, he would live life like that. So there's 30 years right there that we just don't know a whole lot about. But when he's baptized, which is what we're celebrating today, his baptism, 
then we begin to see Jesus very closely. We see him as the revelation of God. He talks about the Father. He, he talks about his kingdom, that the kingdom is here right with me right now, he says. And he heals people and, and miracles happen. And maybe some of that happened in his boyhood. We don't know. But we do know what the Bible says when he was baptized. And I'm going to talk about some of that here in just a minute. Um, so if you think that God is not with you during your growing up years, or if you think that life is not exciting, bless you, or, or, or that God is not involved in your life, I want you to know different. I want you to know that God is very much with you and that God has a hold of you and God loves you and he's walking with you and he's taking you by the hand. You might not feel it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm strong. I know. I'm sorry. And, and, but he's leading us and guiding us. So don't ever think that God's not walking with you. You might be walking away from God, but God is following you, pursuing you, trying to get you back. Um, and you've got a lot of years to practice that. A whole lot of years. And not as many as I have left. But you, and so you've got lots of years to practice. Hey, over here. Over here. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. What did he say? Who's going to eat me? What? Oh, the, oh. No, they're not. No, because God protects me. No, you know why? Because God protects me. Yes, God is protecting me, no, and he's protecting dinos. you to the evil dinos. They're not going to eat me. Okay? Let's go beat them. <laughs> All right. Our, our, this is over. This is over. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, so thank you all for coming up. If you want to get a packet from Mr. Deer, uh, yeah, uh, over here you can, or, uh, or you can go sit down with your parents. Okay? Grandparents. Okay. I mean, like, it's time to get up right now. <laughs> Thank you. So there was a three-year-old boy who was unwrapping Christmas figurines from a nativity scene. And he unwraps this and he says, oh, look, here's the king. Then he unwraps another figurine and he says, look, here's the donkey. And removing a tissue from the statue of the infant, molded permanently in the manger, the child exclaimed, look, here's baby Jesus in his car seat. Okay, here's an old one. Old one. Old but good. Lone Ranger in Tonto, camping in the desert. And after they got their tent all set up, both men fell sound asleep. Well, some hours later, Tonto, he wakes the Lone Ranger up and says, Kimosabi, look towards the sky. What do you see? The Lone Ranger replies, I see a million, million stars. What'd that tell you? 
Astanto. And the Lone Ranger, he ponders it for a minute, and then he says, well, astronomically speaking, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies. Time-wise, it appears to be approximately a quarter past three in the morning. Theologically, the Lord is all-powerful, and we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically, it seems we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. What, is, what does it tell you, Tonto? And Tonto said, Kimosabi, it tells me you're dumber than buffalo. Someone stole tent. I said, oh, boy. Now, my guess is that you probably missed it, but today, again, as I just mentioned, is one of those obscure holy days in the life of the church. This first Sunday of Epiphany is always the baptism of our Lord Sunday. It comes around this time every year. But I know that the chances are pretty slim that the alarm clock went off in your home this morning and as you emerged into consciousness, the first thing that hit you was, oh boy, the baptism of our Lord Sunday. I can't wait to get to church. Probably didn't happen. And yet this is a very ancient holy day. So what do I talk about on a day like this just after New Year's, right the day after the Feast of the Epiphany? the day of the baptism of our Lord? Well, let's begin with this. Do you know, and I, I know that you do, because if you're like me, you do, that the lights will not come on if the power is off. The lights will not come on if the power is off. Sometimes our actions seem to ignore that fact because we humans, we are creatures of habit. We do a whole lot of things without actually thinking about them first. In fact, most of the time we're operating on automatic pilot. A lot of things in life. I, I can think of times when I'm driving down the highway deep in thought and I get somewhere 30 minutes later and I wonder what happened in between that and here? How did I get here? Automatic pilot. What happens when the electricity goes off in your house for whatever reason? Well, again, if you're like me, you probably walk through the dark rooms with the flashlight or with the candle, flicking the light switches off and on every few minutes. Even though we know the power is off, we catch ourselves flicking the switches off and on when all the other evidence shows that the electricity is off. We all know that the lights will not come on without electricity, and yet we try to turn them on anyway. And even when we know that the power is off, we keep flicking that light switch to no avail. And guess what? This seems to be a universal truth that applies to more than just electricity. It also applies to our spiritual lives. We cannot shine spiritually when the power is off. We cannot find meaning and proclaim the truth of the gospel if we're not plugged into the main source of power. This is a truth that most of us would affirm. Yet many Christians, they try to shine the light of Christ while the main breaker is in the off position. But you know, the lights won't come on if the power is off. 
And this universal statement can be seen in creation itself, all the way back to the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. It says that the universe was a vast, dark chaos before God began creating. It says that darkness covered the face of the deep. But before God could even begin to make something out of this vast darkness, it says the Spirit of God swept over this vast darkness. And then God said, let there be light. Before God could turn on the lights, the universe had to be plugged into a power source. And that power source is the Spirit, the presence of God. Without the Spirit of God, the universe would still be a dark, dark, dark place. You and I could flick the switch all day long and it would still be dark. Since this is a universal principle that the lights won't come on without the power on, it also applies to each of us in our daily lives because we too are a part of creation. If the universe cannot run without a power source, then neither can we. Let's look at the life of Jesus to follow this logic. Let's see how this principle worked in his life. St. Mark's Gospel, the Gospel we just read, says, In those days, Jesus came from Galilee and was baptized by John. Now, for most of his first 30 years of life, we assume that Jesus lived in at what time was a little bitty community called Nazareth. We know very little about his life there, as I just mentioned to the kids. He was probably a carpenter, a pretty peaceful, ordinary existence he lived. But in those days... Jesus left that life, and he began a new life. He left the comfort and the security of his hometown, Nazareth, to begin traveling, to teach, to heal, to work miracles, to preach about the kingdom of God. Instead of his bed in Nazareth, now Jesus slept mostly on the ground. He gave up the security of a carpenter's shop for the hazards of the open road, he left a peaceful existence for a life destined to end on a cross. In those days, John was baptizing in the Jordan River. And people flocked to John because they had turned from God and desperately needed and desperately wanted to turn back toward God. So they repented. And John baptized them to demonstrate God's forgiveness. And Jesus, who was among them, came to be baptized as well. But Jesus didn't need to repent, did he? Jesus, unlike all other human beings, had never turned from God. Jesus was sinless. He had nothing to repent of. But like all of those around him... Jesus was leaving his old life behind. And like all those people, Jesus in his humanity was being obedient to God 
And like them, Jesus in his humanity was surrendering to God's will in his life. So despite John's objections, Jesus was baptized. And right after Jesus was baptized, something significant happened. It says the heavens were torn apart. Can you imagine what that looks like? You know, I remember a time when we were on one of our parish, I have a picture of it, parish cruises, and I was out on the balcony of our room, and, we, and um, there was a, a storm that had just passed by out over the ocean. It was overcast still, but the clouds, they were starting to break up. And the sun was shining through in a few places, and I could see the rays of light shining through the clouds, and way out in the ocean, one part of the sea was magnificently illumined and it seemed to glow against the backdrop of the darkness all around it. It was as if heaven had broken through and the glory of God was shining for all the world to see. And if I had to imagine, I would think that maybe that's kind of what Jesus saw. It is important to note that heaven was torn open because the spirit that descended on Jesus was the spirit of God. The power of the Holy Spirit sent from God the Father was descending on Jesus, God the Son, in his humanity. And God said, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And Jesus hadn't even started his ministry yet. This incident is important because it demonstrates the principle I'm preaching about. It shows us that Jesus' power was from above, from God the Father. Without the power of the Father, Jesus could not have done the things that he did. He could not have healed the sick. He could not have cast out demons. He could not have multiplied the loaves or calmed the sea. He could not have forgiven his disciples for deserting him. He could not have willingly died for the very men who nailed him to the cross. He could not have been the Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world. I want you to understand, yes, Jesus was born the Son of God. He was not adopted at his baptism. He was born the Son of God. He was God Almighty in the flesh. He didn't need an infusion of power to work miracles. He was that power incarnate. But in the incarnation, God coming down from heaven, we read in Philippians 2 that he emptied himself of all of his divinity that he might be just like you and me, except he is perfect humanity. And for our benefit, God demonstrated this truth that the light won't come on if the power is off. Jesus was able to live as he did because he was full of the spiritual power of God. He was able to shine a light in the darkness because the power was on. And the only real source of spiritual power in this universe is the Spirit of God Almighty. Jesus was and is that spiritual power. 
Now, what I'm afraid of is that too many Christians try to live a Christian life without being filled with that power. Too many Christians try to shine the light when the power is off. Too many Christians think they can find meaning in life without prayer, without reading the Bible, without receiving the sacraments, without fellowship in the church. Too many Christians try to live for Christ without looking to Christ. They are like a person standing in the dark, flicking a light switch when the main breaker is in the off position. We cannot live a truly Christian life on our own. It just cannot be done. Yeah, we can go out, we can buy a portable generator so that if the power goes out in our homes, we can still turn on the lights. But there is no such thing as a portable spiritual generator. We cannot generate our own spiritual power. We must get that power from God. You know, I've known a whole lot of people who try to be their own source of spiritual energy, their own God. They try to live on their own without God. They think that because they once turned to God in the past, they don't need God anymore. And so they drop out of church and they stop praying. And what they do is basically they unplug themselves. And when things get dark, they wonder why the light won't come on. But you know, the lights won't come on if the power is off. The only way to live a Christian life is to empty ourselves and be filled with the spiritual power from on high. And so do you want the strength to face all the troubles that we have in life? And do you want to be able to forgive and put the past behind you because it sure is tearing you up? And do you want to see miracles happen in your lives? If so, then surrender to Christ. Put the past behind you. Turn from sin. Turn toward God and let power from heaven fill you up. And then stand back and watch the lights come on in your life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.